Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. What is up, everybody? Welcome into another edition of Inside Boxing Live. I am your host, Dan Canobio, coming to you from an undisclosed location. I am totally not in my kitchen in New York City. I'm heading out to Flint, Michigan this weekend uh, to cover and host the Clarissa Shields pay-per-view. I'll be hosting it alongside Holly Holm and a decorated uh, broadcast crew joining us on the show Corey Erdman, he's going to break down Canelo's performance. And Claudia Trejos, Claudia will be with me in Flint. She's calling the action alongside Justin Shackle for Clarissa Shields. Uh, Big-time pay-per-view against Marie-Yves Care. It's an undisputed bout. I'm looking forward to that. If you're watching the show over on YouTube, CompuBox TV, appreciate appreciate that. You can catch the show on the Pluto Sports Network, channel 728, and the Fubo Sports Network as well uh, on Thursdays. A lot to get to in this episode. We're going to talk about Canelo, uh, a lot of talk about uh, Clarissa Shields in this upcoming pay-per-view. Corey Erdman, Claudia Trejos, let's get it started. Joining us now here on Inside Boxing Live, somehow making his Inside Boxing Live debut. You know him, boxing scene, you know him calling fights, you know him just being around the sport of boxing and being a friend to boxing and a friend to me. Corey Erdman joins us here. Corey, how's it going up there in uh, beautiful Toronto? Uh, it's a little less noisy than where you're at. Before we came on the air, there were some sirens. I hope you're okay. No, you're, I'm fine, you're, man. You're it's safe? Just, yeah, you're okay. It's just New York City living, man. You don't know what's going to happen outside. I catch some bodega fights, uh, some, some sirens. Just a, another day in, in beautiful Queens, New York. Well, it has been too long, but I think I think the point was we didn't want to give people too much of us on the air at the same time. You know, in during normal times, it's like every week we're doing a show together. So, we, you know, we don't want to overload people. Yeah, there is a show coming up this weekend in Flint, Michigan with Clarissa Shields uh, going for Undisputed again at 154. We'll get to that. But first, let's talk a little bit about what we saw this past weekend. Canelo Alvarez in action over in Miami. Complete squash match, outlanding the guy left and right, took him out. One of the more... The biggest mismatches you'll see in, in boxing have played out like just how we thought it would. But the conversation goes on with Canelo. It's always going to go on. He's the pound-for-pound pound best, uh, in my opinion. He's the cash cow. He's probably the most popular boxer in the world right now, maybe outside of Tyson Fury and Anthony Joshua. Let me ask you, Corey, did you ever think Canelo would be this good? I'll be honest. I think that there were times early on in his career when even I felt that he was a product of good marketing and a product of good matchmaking. I thought that, uh, especially early in his career, when he was getting a lot of those matchups against kind of 140 pounders that were being blown up a little bit, that maybe there was a little bit of mirage. Uh, and then even when, you know, fast forwarding to maybe the Arislandi Lara fight, where he struggled a little bit, I thought, okay, maybe this guy has hit his peak. So I'll absolutely be honest, I did not ever think that I would be saying that there is no question that Canelo Alvarez is the best fighter in the sport of boxing today. I didn't think that we would reach this point, but I think for the last two years, I think that has been quite evident. So prior to that, no, I didn't think that he would reach these levels, but at this point, I don't think there's any debate. 
Yeah, I, I tend to agree with you there. Uh, I also started thinking, like, this wasn't a fight where we could actually break down what happened in the ring because it was a complete mismatch. So we talk about narratives and we talk about where Canelo ranks and, and is he the best Mexican ever? No, he's not, but he's in the discussion. Like, he's in the room, which says a lot. But thinking about, like, where we would be if, if Canelo wasn't in the sport right now. I mean, there isn't a lot of superstars. You know, it goes, usually it goes, like, one by one, like the passing of the torch to being the guy, you know, from... From Sugar Ray, we'll go back to Ali, Ali to, to Sugar Ray Leonard, Sugar Ray Leonard to Oscar, Oscar to Floyd, now Floyd to Canelo. They literally fought each other. Think about, uh, like, uh, the fans tend to hate on Canelo a lot. He gets a lot of hate, gets a lot of praise as well. But I think it's a type of thing where when he's gone, I think we're going to realize, wow, this guy carried the sport for, like, a solid 15 years. Yeah, and that's also when I think it'll be appropriate to have that debate about where he stands amongst the greatest Mexican boxers ever. I think all of these things go hand in hand in that – when Canelo is finally gone, I think we can better contextualize just what he's accomplished. Because I think what we're seeing right now is similar to what we saw with Floyd, which is that we get our hopes up for every upcoming Canelo fight, every upcoming matchup. He dominates that fight, and then we're disappointed that we didn't get something a little bit more competitive. And that's because in the moment, we're consumers, and we're looking forward to an exciting night. We're settling in for a fight, and then it's 120-108 across the board. When we look back, I think we'll be able to appreciate just how impressive that dominance was. And I think that we're starting to realize that with Floyd. We have realized that about fighters in the past. And when we come to that realization, then I think it'll be more accurate to actually assess where does Canelo stand amongst the greatest of all time. Because in 10 years, we will look upon, say, his win over Callum Smith a lot differently than we did in the moment. We were disappointed and we said, oh, Callum Smith... It's a disappointment. He wasn't as good as, as what we thought he was. But 10 years from now, I think we'll look at the fact that he stepped up and beat the best 168-pounder uh, on very little notice and did it extremely easily as being an, a phenomenal accomplishment. But I yep. don't think that we can quite realize that at the moment. Yeah, and also he was coming off a really long layoff too when he when he fought Callum mm -hmm. Smith. And I'm glad uh, just to piggyback off a point you made uh, with being a little like disappointed after some of Canelo's fights. I put out a, a video last week comparing Floyd to uh, Can comparing Canelo to Floyd, not outside of the ring, not stature, just their style of fights. You know, they throw it. The volume is down. Uh, the accuracy is way up. The elite defense. Uh, you know, just going shot for shot. But the one thing about Canelo that separates from Floyd is if there's an opening, like, Canelo will go for it. He'll go for the kill. Like, at least, you know, with Floyd, he was getting these, these shutouts, 120-108, and you kind of left the, the arena or left uh, turned off your TV. You're like, another decision. But at least with, with Canelo, there's a, a chance that there'll be, like, a highlight reel knockout. Uh, we didn't get a highlight reel knockout this past fight, but he did uh, score a knockdown, and uh, the debate will continue with, with Canelo Alvarez. Let's switch over to this weekend's pay-per-view. I know that you're a big advocate for women's boxing. Uh, there's no bigger events that I can think of in, in women's boxing history outside of maybe uh, Alila Ali uh, fight back in 2001. But Kalisha Shields is in action. Uh, Marie-Yves de Carre, I know I just, just butchered her last name. I have to practice that. Maybe you can give me some, some tips on that one. But she's fighting this weekend. It's an undisputed fight over uh, in Flint, Michigan. I'll be there covering it. Women's boxing, it, it, it needs this type of shine. Do you agree? Yeah, absolutely. And, and I think that this is a historic event. Obviously, it's been touted as such as uh, from what I can recall and from what other historians can remember, the first time that we've seen an all-women's 
linear pay-per-view event. But it is important to point out that this is born of the fact that networks didn't want to pick this card up. Yep. So we still have work to do in terms of getting networks to give the top women's fighters the same types of opportunities that they would give similarly accomplished and similarly decorated men's fighters. But we do have an excellent pay-per-view card. We have some of the, the top women's names in the sport. And, you know, another phenomenal accomplishment on deck, assuming she wins for Claressa Shields to beat who many would regard as the top 154 pounder in the world other than her. So I think that this is just another one of those uh, historical moments in the career of Claressa Shields. And, and to continue that through line with what we were talking about with Canelo, I think that when Claressa has retired and some time has passed since her era of women's boxing, I think that we will better appreciate exactly what she did and everything that she's accomplishing right now. No, I couldn't agree more. I mean, I'm going through the notes. And first of all, I was completely shocked. I know that she's young, 25 years old. She's yeah. only 25 years old. She's the same age as some of the, the, the male fighters that they talk about as the next generation. And she's just cleaned out all the divisions. She's, she's at 154 now. She's talked about going down to 147, a dream match for her, just fighting Katie Taylor. Do you think that's a possibility? Because with Shields, it's always like, okay, what's next? Like <laughs> these, these people are yeah. or, or these fans or these detractors because she has a lot of those too. They're just like, all right, well, what are you going to do next? How, I feel like women's boxing, they have to just like keep just going for like huge types of fights. Her going down to 147, uh, she's a naturally bigger woman. That's a that's a tall task and something that I would be interested in watching. Yeah, and, and maybe it is a possibility. I mean, like if you asked me this about a year ago, I'd say there's no way that Clarissa could possibly get down there because naturally she's so much bigger than Katie Taylor is. But now, you know, she's she's training in MMA. She's maybe learning some more extreme weight cutting methods. I don't know. I'm, I'm being hopeful here. But, you know, I, I think there. I like that. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, listen, they are they cut weight much more extremely than boxers yeah. do just by it's nature of, uh, of of how the, the weight classes are set up. But Dan, I think you bring up a good point about how, you know, we're always demanding something more and something bigger than maybe we would of male fighters. And I think that's an important element of the criticism of Claressa that even her biggest detractors, I think, tacitly acknowledge just how special and how great she is by how far those goalposts always move. So it isn't enough that right out of the gate, she's a world championship level fighter and she's already has titles uh, in three different weight classes. And then it has to be, well, why isn't she knocking all of them out? Yeah. Or, it, you know, she's already done this. Well, why hasn't she melted down to fight Katie Taylor? So yeah. the goalposts are always moving to unreasonable lengths for Clarissa and, frankly, I think for a lot of women's fighters in general. Yeah, couldn't agree more. I'm really looking forward to being down in Flint. I'm looking forward to getting you back on the show again where you can talk at length. And also looking, I'm looking forward to a lot of things with you, Corey. I'm looking forward to getting back to doing what we do, Broadway boxing, calling fights, drinking uh, your hard seltzers in your hotel room, <laughs> just all the good stuff. Stay safe up there in Toronto. Can't wait to see you soon, man. I appreciate you coming on. Great day. Once I get once I get that sweet vaccine, brother, I'll be across the uh, I'll be across the border in no time. Okay, I'm very excited to bring in our next guest here on Inside Boxing Live. Another making her debut. We just had Corey Urban making his Inside Boxing Live debut. We have Claudia Trejo, who so I will be with in Flint, Michigan, this weekend for a historic pay per view between Kalisha Shields and Marie Eve DeCare. And Claudia, I'm so happy you're on the show. And uh, first of all, how you doing? I know you just got back from Miami. How's everything? 
Doing great. I, yes, I just went from Miami back to Miami because I'm fortunate enough to live where all you all vacation. I live right down the street from the event. So you guys imagine how horrible it was for me to just go into a bubble and get back home. It was tremendous. <laughs> That's a good point. Yeah, a lot of people do come to Miami. I was there last year for the Super Bowl for the zone card. And I, I'll tell you what, I hope that Miami becomes a, a major player in the boxing world. I hope it's in the rotation. I think the 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 fans will go there because it's a destination. The media will flock there. The weather obviously is awesome. And this past weekend, we saw Canelo Alvarez in a uh, as many fans as were as were physically allowed in the building. Mm -hmm. It looked awesome on TV. Uh, let's talk a little about Canelo before we get into the the uh, Shields pay per view. You you were there. Uh, you were with him all week long. I saw afterwards he he uh, put the belt on your shoulder. So is no, that no, mean no, no. I took it away from him. <laughs> you took the belt from Canelo. That's really hard to do. I mean, uh, he's he's the, the pound for pound best. So it's it's I'm pretty sure you're now the uh, champ at, at, at for uh, in Canelo's weight class. Well, somebody had to do it. <laughs> Obviously, Avni didn't do it. So, hey, tough job. I had to take it. Um, it, it was the environment was fantastic. I think it was a great test for uh, the Florida Commission to see if they could actually follow protocols. I was highly impressed by the level of, um, I don't want to say structure, but I want to say order because Florida is known for being a little bit more relaxed. And in this case, they were really tight, not just with the bubble, but with everybody that went in. Uh, we, like you said, about 15,000 people showed up. Uh, the stadium has a capacity of about 25 to 30,000 people. So we were at a good percentage. And, and it, it, I mean, you could hear the, the energy. You could, you could feel the good vibes. I'm just kind of saddened that uh, for obvious reasons due to COVID and the pandemic, the co-main event fell through. Mm -hmm. And we were all expecting a fantastic fight for his first defense at 168 with the WBC. And, you know, you can't expect everybody to be A+. plus. Yeah, it was tough. I mean, yeah, that that was a little bit of a of a, a letdown. You know, uh, I I wanted to see who, um, him in there with McWilliams Arroyo. I think that would have been like a like a stealing the show. But it, it turned out that the heavyweight fight uh, stole the show. Jerry Forrest fighting back from coming off the canvas three times to get that draw. I mean, that fight wasn't the best technical fight, but man, it was entertaining. But I, I want to ask you about Canelo before we get over yes. to Shields. Um, I heard from a lot of media members, and I, I was watching the interviews all week long, that Canelo is smiling more. He's he's happy. He's at he's age 30. I spoke about it being like he's entering his second act right now. He's 30 years old. Uh, he's got all the belts, all the glory, all the fame, all the money. But now he's going for for just looks like he's enjoying himself. What was the overall uh, vibes with uh, Canelo this, uh, during fight week? Dan, I'm going to bring it down to he's growing into himself. He finally settled in. He finally settled into his man body. He settled into his own style of boxing. He settled into a position that not many, not many people get a chance to be. Uh, let's remember the fact that he started in this business at age 15. So he's grown up before our eyes in pay-per-views, in ginormous cards. He's faced four Hall of Famers that we know of a fact and then others that are already in the countdown to be part of the Hall of Fame. So the truth of the matter is at 30, this is a grown man with a, with a structured family, with a solid team. You know, not only him carrying the weight of the corner, now he also has the trainer of the year in Eddie Reynoso uh, and a whole stable of fantastic fighters like Ryan Garcia, Oscar Valdez, Frank Sanchez, Andy Reese. I mean, 
everything is falling into place. It took this long. Why is he smiling? Because now he's his own man. He's a free agent. He can call the shots. He can actually make the moves that he wants to make and not have to consult with people or outsource decisions that pertain his career. And I think that's why he's more at ease. Yeah, I, I noticed that I picked up on it. And uh, it's interesting. I think we're going to have to kind of just appreciate greatness the guy and i think a lot of fighters a lot of fight he's easily the most respected fighter in boxing Shakur stevenson put out a tweet uh yesterday or a day before was i, I want to meet canelo this guy i'm a i'm a canelo fan so he's got the you know he's got everything going for him you, and i think you just put it uh so perfectly with uh everything that's going on in his life it takes more than just what's in the ring what you see in the ring you have to have a good team and all that and he certainly has that mm -hmm. let's move over to this weekend we're gonna be working together i'm so excited to get down there uh, i'm so excited to work you. I'm so excited to work with uh, uh, the, our all-star staff, Holly Holm. Uh, but listen, I got to just type you up a little bit here. I know this is a, a historic pay-per-view uh, with the, with the, the female, all-female card, but you're the first woman to cover a sporting event in Saudi Arabia. You're the first Hispanic woman to do color commentary for an NBA game, first female to report on Olympic boxing, 2004 games in Athens. So this isn't just about female fighters. This is about females in general, uh, breaking through the, the barriers, now more important than ever. Uh, I'm just so excited for this weekend. Yeah, so thank you. Uh, I blush a little bit. I know that <laughs> the light doesn't let me show off how blushed I am. It's been a long road and it's worth it. And uh, I think I am just another face of so many women that have been involved in boxing for so long. I remember when I first had the chance to do play-by-play -play in a boxing event with Boxeo Tecate, I remember the looks. It was like, you are doing play-by-play? -play? How dare you? And then slowly but surely, it's like, oh, well, she knows her thing. Maybe this is because she knows the fighters, these fighters she knows. And then eventually, obviously, you know, I'm growing into my own as well. And the month of the women is very important for us. I'm just kind of saddened that it has to take a month for us to recognize what women do yeah. in the workforce, at home. Because one time I was actually talking to uh, La Princesa Azteca. And she was telling me, you know, once I'm done with my fights, and mind you, she's had outstanding events, she has to go home and take care of the kids and clean the house and cook just like any other woman does. And we don't get the recognition. And it's taken 21 years for women to headline once again a pay-per-view. So credit to everybody, credit to you, credit to the crew, credit to Nick, to Mark Taffet, that you guys have all come together to submit the promotions to make this happen again. And hopefully... This is not going to be one off and we'll have this coming around and we won't talk about female yes, fighters. Exactly. We will talk about fighters. Exactly. That's what I feel like. I'm just every time I interview Clarissa, every time I interview, we talk about female boxing. It's like, all right, what's the state of women's boxing? Let's talk about that. But you have to do it still because it's not just there yet. But uh, this weekend, I think, will be a major change for that. An all-women's card. Obviously, you and I have been doing the research. So many talented females on the card. But the main event uh, is you, a big Nick. one. Thank you, Dan. <laughs> There's the bout sheet right there. Yes. Uh, yeah, it's going to be a really good card. The, the main event is undisputed. We're talking yes. about unified fights and, and men's boxing. Undisputed heavyweight title fight. We can get this year with Fury and Joshua. We have an undisputed fight here at 154. Let's talk about the, the main event. And does Marie Yves care? Does she have a shot here? I, I think she does. Hey. Can I just remind you, Andy Reese, did he really have a shot against Anthony Joshua? Exactly. Can I remind you of somebody like Brady's Prescott back in the day in 45 seconds when he took Amir Khan down? Mm -hmm. I mean, see, I remember um, referring to boxing as the stage of all the possibilities coming possible mm -hmm. under the lights of hope. 
because I don't think Marie Eve would actually show up without any possibility. I know she works very hard. She's a dedicated combat sports athlete. So her background as an amateur, as a pro speaks for itself. And at any given day, anybody can have a bad day at the office. I'm not expecting this to be a bad day at the office. I'm expecting this to be a superb day at the office for he, I should say, she that takes the win on yeah. Friday. Yeah, absolutely. And quickly, before we, we say goodbye, Clarissa Shields, uh, so much uh, fanfare about her, you know, the good, the bad. It comes along with being the the, the best right now in the game. Is she ever going to get the recognition for all her accolades, 25 years old, going to clear out another division? I hope so. But again, let's 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 go talk about our men fighters, our, our male fighters. They do not get the recognition as they're fighting. They're always fighting somebody who's in a lower level, not the highest level of opponent. Until all of a sudden they're not there anymore, they retire. And then you go, oh my gosh, we look at the record and look who he fought and look who she fought. So Clarissa, just based on her amateur record, is an outstanding fighter. She is the first female to ever get back-to-back -back gold medals the only U.S. fighter to get back-to-back -back gold medals in the Olympics. So we should just recognize what she's done based on that. Yes. Now let's move over to professional boxing. There's nothing we can question. Her technique is flawless. And I think this is the level of opponent that she needs to face. She's a seasoned fighter. She's also an outstanding fighter coming from Canada that perhaps hasn't had the chance to get that exposure but that doesn't make her any less possible or probable to take that win. Yeah, I agree. It's it's a really good matchup. Clarissa Shields, Maria DeCare. It goes down this Friday. Fight TV pay-per-view. Tune in to see Claudia's pretty face. Not mine. And I want to see my face. Holly oh, Holm. <laughs> Holly Holm will be. I'll be hosting it with Holly Holm. Uh, really good card up and down. Uh, Ray Flores, ring announcer. Justin Shackle, New York Yankees, will be calling the action. Support women's boxing. Just support boxing. If you're a boxing fan... Uh, and you don't support women's boxing, you're not a real boxing fan, in my opinion. I'm looking forward to it. Friday night, Claudia, I'll see you in Flint, Michigan. Thank you so much for, for joining us here on Inside Boxing Live. Go out and order the pay-per-view right now. Yes. Okay, special thanks to Claudia Trejos and Chloe Erdman. Uh, check out our pay-per-view on this weekend, Fight TV. Clarissa Shields, all women's pay-per-view. I've been doing a lot of research for this. I'll be hosting alongside Holly Holm. Uh, some really good fights, top to bottom. I'm not just saying that because I am part of the broadcast, but these are fighters that are hungry. These are fighters that want to prove a point. Some really action-packed fighters. A heavyweight fight is the uh, co-main co event. Uh, Danielle Perkins versus Monica Harrison. That's a really, really good fight, too. So check out that pay-per-view uh, this upcoming uh, weekend, Friday night over Fight TV. Go buy it. Uh, Canelo Alvarez is a story, of course, this week. There isn't a lot of fights coming up this weekend besides the Shields pay-per-view. And he's going to be the discussion for a while now. Um, he is the cash cow. He is these this generation's Floyd Mayweather where you're trying to come up with opponents that can dethrone him. And next for, for Canelo will be BJ Saunders on May 8th. Uh, I'm going through the numbers, and I just put out a tweet that what gives Canelo issues is volume. You throw punches in his face like Golovkin did, you give him issues. And that's not B.J. Saunders' game. B.J. Saunders throws the least amount of punches among super uh, middleweights with 39 per round. The most, David Benavidez with just about 70. 
So it's interesting for this fight. I think it's going to be another match where, where Canelo is just in control. I don't see much that BJ Saunders can prove. Uh, I, I'm interested in, in seeing what Canelo, what's next for Canelo in this debate about uh, where he, he stands in Mexican lore, where he stands uh, in the sport. A lot of exciting things going on in boxing. We always have you covered. Go out, buy that pay-per-view this Friday. Uh, we'll see you next week on another edition of Inside Boxing Live. See you guys.